0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Fuck It Diet Radio. My name is Caroline Dooner. I am the host and I'm the creator of the Fuck It Diet. And guys, I feel like a crazy person. I didn't have a new uh, post out in June. I, the reason is because I originally was going to be launching the uh, revamped version of Fucketeer Academy, and I was going to also be running it live, which I have pushed back till later in the summer or earlier in the fall because of some changes in the schedule with my book editing. Um, I had a little editorial... Uh, difference. Uh, it wasn't really a fit with the, the editor that I started working with, but I am. And so basically, things were really, really up in the air. Uh, we weren't working on it. We weren't really moving forward. We were more talking about the disconnect. Um, it was very stressful, but thankfully, it's all worked out. Um, it's all been resolved. I'm working with a different editor within the same imprint. No hard feelings it just wasn't a fit not every single editor writer relationship is a fit um it was very stressful though and so that is now very resolved and still on track there are some mock-ups of the cover of the fuck a diet book um which i'm so excited about and um and it's still on schedule for february 2019 so it was a very stressful month of June um, focusing on something that I didn't think I was going to be focusing on. I thought that I was going to be focusing on Fucketeer Academy, um, but I really wasn't. However, Fucketeer Academy, the way that it works, if anybody is interested in buying the Fucket Diet self study program, it is meant to be go at your own pace, self study. And then the way that it works is everybody that buys it and everybody that has bought it in the past in every different permutation that it's been um, will get to participate in the live round. It'll be three weeks. We'll go. There are three different sections, three different modules. The first one's the physical, how to eat. The second one is emotional, how to feel. I kind of don't like, I, I'm trying to make it really, really simple sounding, but like obviously I don't want to tell someone how to feel, but it's about emotions. It's, it's about getting back into our bodies and feeling. And the third uh, week and the third module, the f- third section is the mental section, how to think, focused on our beliefs and the way we relate to our minds and the way our minds work. Um, so anyway, it is self-study now as always, but it will be running live with replays of calls and everyone going through the lessons and discussing the lessons at the same time. At some point when I know what my schedule with the edits will be which I will know closer to July 9th it's just a whole thing but basically that's there that will be running live at some point and all my book I've been calling it my book drama just needing to figure out you know needing to know that I and you know, with the right fit of an editor, and I am, and it's gonna be great. Um, but the other thing that I did is I got a dog, and if you follow, and not just a dog, a puppy, and if you follow me on Instagram at the Fuck Diet. You'll know that because my stories are only of this little dog who is sleeping under my couch right now and has been sleeping for a really long time. It's 97 degrees and humid in Philadelphia. It's brutal. And she is a Bernese Mountain Dog mix, and she just, like, (laughs) doesn't want to do anything. But, of course, she's a puppy, so she also has bursts of energy, and she's, like, chewing up my whole... (sighs) It's so hard. I know, I know that people who are dog people and puppy people know that puppies are hard and I knew that puppies were hard, but my God, this past week, I've only had her for a week. Uh, The first couple days I was like really allergic to her and really stressed because I've never had a dog allergy before and She's a Bernadoodle, so she's a poodle mix, so she's supposed to be hypoallergenic anyway, but she's definitely not, because she's way more Bernese Mountain Dog. Um, So I was itching from head to toe, like I would pet her and my hands would tingle, and I was, I like cried the first night, because I thought I had to give her back, and I'm single parenting essentially, so, and I live in this like tower of a weird little, tiny little house, So she can't go up the stairs, and anytime I wanna go anywhere or do anything, I have to carry her from room to room. And then I was itching when I would carry her, and I wanted to be able to pet her all the time, and I was allergic. It was, so the first couple days were like exhausting. Stressful. I didn't I thought I made a horrible mistake. I like literally got her on a whim. I just wanted to visit puppies. And I thought I was gonna get a way smaller dog, obviously bernie's Mountain Dog. She's meant to be a mini mini. Like her father was a mini poodle. But she's not gonna be mini. She's so freaking huge. And she's so cute. And her name is Molly Weasley. And I know she's not a redhead, so if anybody knows Harry Potter, I know it doesn't really make any sense, but I think her energy is Molly Weasley and that's really all that matters to me. So her name's Molly. Okay. So what am I really trying to say? Um, At any point, I may need to stop this to take her outside so she doesn't pee on my rug again. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the first couple days I was allergic to her and it was getting better and better. I, I like called my, my parents don't like dogs, so I like didn't have any help there for sure. Um, but my aunt and her family and my cousins, they do love dogs. And so I called her crying the first night being like, I made a mistake. I'm allergic to her. I think you have to take her. And then the next morning I was like, no, I can't give her away. She's so cute. And it got better and better over the next couple of days. And then I took her to her first vet visit and she had like an anaphylactic, response to her vaccines and her face swelled up and she couldn't breathe and I was sobbing at the vet it was awful it was so bad and then for the next couple of days I had to give her Benadryl and I was like not sleeping just listening to her breathe to see if I needed to take her back to the ER oh my god and now I'm going to be traumatized every time she needs to get a vaccine and I will say I will say if you give too many vaccines too fast it is too much for a puppy or baby's immune system and that is what they did and it was as i was saying to the vet so i've just i'm really um i just want to make sure that we space out vaccines and we don't give them too fast and as i was saying that he was injecting her and i was like whoa 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 she had a vaccine last week with the breeder oh, it's fine, it's fine. And they squirted another thing in her mouth and then she started having anaphylactic shock. So anyway, I'm pissed and I'm traumatized and I want to be able to take her to doggy daycare, but I can't if she's not all vaccinated. So let me just look at her. She's under my couch. Hi. She doesn't want to do anything. (laughs) She's so lazy. Anyway, she's 11 weeks. I'm traumatized. All I do is sit in my air-conditioned house with her and, like, take her out. Try to get her to walk, but she's too hot. It's just, like, it's really crazy. (laughs) Anyway, I love her very much. My life has turned upside down in one week. Um, I have not made a podcast since my book drama began, but now my book drama is completely resolved. It's going to be great. Everything is on track anyway for anybody who has never listened to this podcast before I'm so sorry to have just launched into that but now we're going to get to um to the reason that you're probably here we're going to get to my newest post which I don't remember what it's called because I wrote it last month and I need to um uh bring it up right now but my internet isn't working uh I was just about to say, good girl, to my computer. That's where my head is. That's where my head is. Okay, okay. Just... Oh, God. Okay, also looking at my top searches, my my first top search for the past, I don't know, day, week, I don't know how they work it, is um, full fuck. Um... Yeah, and then other ones about dieting. But the first one is normally some sort of porn thing, which is just not great SEO. It's just not good that the people who are finding me are actually looking for porn. Okay. Huh. What was I going to do? I wrote a whole thing. I just don't know which one it was. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm, like, really bad at being a podcast host, it looks like. Where is it i wrote this whole long thing that that um maybe it's this oh yeah 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 okay let me go back no i'm just gonna keep going okay this is So if you're listening to this episode right now, you know what it's called because that's what the, uh, that's what the title of the podcast episode is. It is called lowering the stakes and it is a huge, (laughs) oh my God, oh God, my dog just banged her head under my couch. Um, it is a huge part of the fuck it diet is a huge part of how I teach. It is a huge part of how I now live because I have become significantly more relaxed more chill, in quotes, more trusting of life and whatever, bodies, you know, whatever. I've become more trusting. Um, but new situations will come up, like having a dog that I think is going to die. I, or Literally earlier today, I was like, oh my God, she's not moving. She's dead. Her eyes are open and she's not moving and she's dead. I was just sure of it. Anyway, so I need to apply this stuff myself as we... <laughs> I can't even talk I'm brain dead as we um, you know grow and change and have new life experiences we will have to continue to apply the lessons we've already learned in new ways in our life and that is what I have to do and that is most likely what you will have to do as well the other thing that if you know me and have been listening to this and have been following me for a while you know that I'm all about rest I'm all about letting myself off the hook Lowering the stakes definitely falls into that category. But of course, having a puppy is like the opposite of rest, even though she rests all day. And there's just a couple hours a day where she's playing around. But for the most part, she rests, especially this Bernese Mountain Dog mix in the heat. I mean, all she wants to do is lie under my couch. So she's resting, but I'm not really resting because all I'm doing is like preparing for the next time she's going to be up, looking up things I'm going to train her, trying to create train, trying to take her on a walk that she won't go on because she's too tired, but she also needs to move her body a little bit, a little bit, you know, anyway, okay. Let me read this post. And then the funny thing is to me is that I wrote it last month just in in preparation for wanting to have a podcast and about this and to you know to release this post in this podcast in July so I wrote this before I got this puppy so let's just see how much this can apply to me today lowering the stakes can you teach a control freak to become more chill question mark food and body issues are a manifestation of the underlying fear that everything is falling apart it is a way we try to mitigate the panic of being alive. If we don't control and micromanage this, we're all screwed. We can't trust anything to work if we aren't actively controlling it and tending to it. Disaster, chaos, and destruction. That is what we're afraid of. Even if we're not aware that that's what we're doing, that is almost always the underlying fear, the underlying um, kind of mode we're in. And the idea of controlling the way you eat, and therefore we hope our looks and health and mortality, or our puppy's mortality, or our children's mortality, have gone crazy over this little dog over the last week. And I'm always thinking about how much more intense this would be if this was like a baby, a human baby. Anyway. The idea of controlling the way we eat and therefore we hope our looks and health and mortality, um, um, I I didn't write this one. The idea is that by controlling the way you eat, we can save ourselves from being powerless and or mortified and or judged or fill in the blank. So we're just trying to save ourselves from feeling horror or powerlessness or Um, shame. We're not usually fully aware of this panic or aware of it at all, but it's still the thing that's running the show. We're afraid of being alive. We're afraid of dying. We are afraid to have to be the ones to fix and control and heal everything. And we are making the stakes for everything so extremely unnecessarily high. If we don't blank, then blank will happen and it will be all our fault. And we will live or die in misery, wishing that we'd tried harder. Taking action is great, but the panic, control, and worry is just not a sustainable way to live. So for instance, in the moment of my dog not being able to breathe and needing to monitor her to see whether I needed to take her back to give her steroids, but not wanting to jump the gun because steroids are immunosuppressive and wanting to actually support her immune system, which is the thing that was basically overwhelmed, you know. It was natural to be on high alert, but the fact that still a couple days later, I found myself still on high alert, that's when we need to identify, okay, what am I operating under now? How can I see the way my brain is working and then my body is working in response and how can I have more awareness and compassion around what's happening, but also, uh, deliberately lower the stakes because I can't control whether she's going to live or die. I can try, but like if, if I'm freaking out about it all the time, like what's the point? Like, neither of us will enjoy our lives, and then she'll end up an anxious dog, and I'll have to be on Caesar 911, and he's going to tell me that my dog has absorbed all my anxiety. (laughs) Anyway, sorry that I keep bringing it back to my dog, but I just feel like I have to because this directly applies to what I've gone through this past week. Okay, so the biggest advice that I can give anyone who identifies with being a perfectionist or a control freak is to lower the stakes unless you are performing brain surgery or conducting a military coup or anything that has legitimately high stakes and you can use your judgment there, you know, saving your dying child or dying dog. Unless those things are happening, you are making the stakes too damn high. Catching the train, looking amazing in your pants, making sure your children finish their yogurt, making sure you buy the right yogurt, getting the best seat in the restaurant, making them like you. All are things with low stakes. And if we're stressing out about them or anything of a similar caliber, which most of us do, we need to become aware of what's happening. Most of the things that we do throughout our days and lives are very low stakes, but still we hype it up to feel like if this doesn't go the way I arbitrarily think it should, everything is gonna fall apart. The underlying belief that things are supposed to go a certain way, and we're supposed to single-handedly make them go that way is absolutely crazy making. And so many of us are operating under that programming. The illogic of it, the logic of it, the illogic of it, tends to go something like this. I have to make things go a certain way and make them think I'm doing well or else I'm failing and if I fail, I'll become ugly and poor and nobody will love me and then I'll die and people will roll their eyes at my funeral. But you can't live your life trying to eliminate eye-rolling at your funeral. And that leads us to the other side of this, which is the illusion of control. Yes, we have some control over what is right in front of us and we can take action and I recommend that we take action. But that's about it. Everything else is out of our control. The results of the action we take, other people's actions, other people's opinions, we can't do anything about it. Nothing. So we can walk around with the stakes unnecessarily high, feeling like we have control over everything that's happening, worrying that we're letting it all fall apart and failing and letting everyone down. We are just going to make ourselves miserable and stressed and sick. You can let go. You can lower the stakes and you can let go of your control because you don't really have very much anyway. And I will happily listen to my own advice and retake it over and over and over again. All right, now let's move on to Patreon questions. Oh, Molly. Are you really gonna sleep all day, my little baby? Okay, um, so on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, some of you already know, but for anyone who's new, I answer podcast insider questions over there and as, for as little as $1 a month for now, this is the way that it's working for now, um, you can ask questions for the podcast. And so I'm going to go and see what people have asked. I also have higher rewards over there. For $10 a month, you will get um, monthly energy work. And I have actually, believe it or not, even in the madness of this past month, I pre-recorded this these awesome things for the next four months. I'm so excited. I'm using my good friend Alexis Saludos is a brilliant energy worker. She is a uh, has a master's in nutrition. Um, she has trained in so many different kinds of body works, body work, like, you know, craniosacral and massage therapy. Um, but she is like this magical woman who works with chakras and organ energies and really uh, talks about the energetic side of things and the physical side of things. The reason I like her so much is because she does not ignore the physical body, which is what so many of us do, and it's not good. Um, She has this amazing system that I trained in that I don't really use that often. I use a little bit, I use it sometimes when I do energy work, but ooh, my phone. Um, She has all of these different relationships between each energy center in her body the all the different chakras there are seven different main ones and our organ energies which resonate and sort of store specific unresolved emotions so what I've done is I'm focusing on the root chakra which is the um, the, the one that's most concerned with survival and food and safety and it's the one that is normally the most um out of balance and Uh, We're not really grounded fully in our bodies, so it needs the most attention. And I'm pairing that with different organ energies and unresolved emotions and focusing on a different relationship between those two for the next four months. And then I'm going to continue in that way. So if you want to get in on monthly energy work for $10 a month on Patreon, go for that. And for $5 a month, there are... um, I call it secret posts, but I've moved over to it being secret post-writing exercises that I, a writing prompt for you guys, and then we can discuss in the comments. So that's over on Patreon. Um, you can check out what the, maybe I should actually look and see and read it to you. I'm about to read questions from Patreon, but I also wanna to read to you. Um, okay, so for July, and you get all past ones, too. So when you sign up, when you um, sign up, say you signed up for $10 a month energy work, you would get to access all of the ones that i posted up until now. And then you basically you get access to all of the ones that I posted. So um, July, this which is this month, will be the root chakra uh, plus the thyroid organ energy. August will be the root chakra plus the lung organ energy. September will be root chakra plus heart organ energy. And October will be root chakra plus, oh, I said heart, but it's spleen. That was a typo. Anyway, it's spleen. And spleen is worry. Heart is sadness. Lung is grief. Thyroid is inhibition. And um, what's the other word? Self-consciousness. Anyway, that's fun stuff. I'm really actually excited about it. I was feeling kind of like I want something that I can really focus on that could be kind of a structure for the energy work, and I finally have it. I feel great about it. Okay, let's move on to these questions. How long has this been? Time. 24 minutes. Solid, man. Solid. Okay. So if you go over to patreon.com slash carolineduner, which is my name, this is where all of the questions are okay this is exciting okay so katie posts i recently found your podcast and i want to thank you for, for providing such a great resource to those of us wanting to find a way out of restrictive obsessive and disordered eating patterns and say a big fuck you to diet culture I would like to sincerely apologize for the novel you're about to read, and I promise there will be a relevant question for you at the end. I grew up in a food-obsessed family. My mother spent her teenage years in the vicious clutches of bulimia, and my siblings and I spent our formative years going from diet to diet, anywhere from veganism to paleo and everything in between. My younger sister developed a severe eating disorder around age 13, and I still... I'm Oh, and is still fighting a valiant battle 20 years later. She's currently losing the battle, and at this point, I'm afraid for her life. I'm so sorry to hear that, Katie. That's so hard. For now, however, I'm trying desperately to focus on my own recovery. Around three years ago, I began my own journey, which seems to be very similar to the bucket diet. Eating everything, trusting my body, dropping the fear, and learning to embrace this new body. This has been a journey of peaks and troughs. I am generally okay for between four and six weeks and then my history takes over and I back into whatever restrictive diet seems to make the most sense. Recently it was keto. Ooh, God. Sorry. That's, that doesn't make sense, but I get it. I get it. Everyone's trying to tell you that it's so good for you. And then a few days ago, I quote unquote invested in some bullshit weight loss coffee quote unquote for my health because it's full of antioxidants and vitamins and fucking unicorn tears or whatever the fuck companies are spouting and i'm a gullible and weak consumer and i feel safe and secure when i'm restricting in some way that was a great sentence sentence um over this three-year period i've gained what can only be described as a fuck ton of weight i've lost my grandfather and father to cancer in this time both men were thrilled when their cancer made them quote unquote thin oh that's heartbreaking both went on super-restrictive diets in the last six months of their lives, thinking that the fasting and sugar-free saturated fat-laden diets will prolong their lives or give them comfort. I know. Both had mental illnesses they were encouraged to manage through diets, leading to enormous yo-yos, which of course led to enormous episodes of mental illness struggles. That's like so heartbreaking to me and so common. Like, guys, this is common. We're all confused and, like, being totally fucked over by this. (sighs) The other thing I just want to say is my mom was diagnosed with Hodgkin's uh, 12 years ago. She's totally fine now. But she, being a health nut herself, and I was a health nut with her at the time, she put herself on a raw vegan diet, and that's also when I became a raw vegan diet 12 years ago. Um... And she wanted to do it all naturally, but my dad was like, sorry, no, you're not going to. You have a... uh, My sister was 11 at the time. I was 18. My sister was 11. My brother was uh, 16. Uh, So she did chemo and a raw vegan diet for as long as she could until she, like, caved and started eating salmon and potatoes because that's what she craved, thank God. Um, But it fucked her up because... She was so weak, and she didn't have enough protein to protect the ends of her nerves. So she got neuropathy, and she she, she was like, how old was she? She was um late 40s, like 46, 47, and she was like um, an old woman. She couldn't lift her feet or her hands because her nerves were damaged, and it was because of the combination of a raw vegan diet and chemo. I mean, chemo is a bitch. Chemo is like you're putting poison in your body to kill cancer, but it's also like killing you and it's like toxic and it's its own thing. But but she was just that much more weak and susceptible. Anyway, that's just a little sidebar. I, I want to also say I'm not – I'm a strange – I have a strange – um, belief on health for being the fuck a diet girl I do believe that bodies can be overwhelmed by with um, environmental toxins and that some of us are not as good at processing them out um, and that can lead to food intolerances and it can lead to whatever different more chronic health things but the answer isn't some crazy restrictive diet it's supporting the body and resilience blah 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 Okay, let me get back to this quote-unquote novel that you wrote me, but I'm, I'm enjoying it even though it's heartbreaking because I think many of us can relate. Okay, she continues to say, I've had friends and family applaud and or congratulate me if I'm wearing something flattering, if they see me at the gym where I lift weights or do aqua aerobic classes, two things that I love and two forms of exercise I can generally do without spiraling into the depths of disordered hell, or they see me eating a salad. So... Her, her first question is, I, she gets praise when she does things that are considered, um, you know, good for your weight. And she asks, how do you cope with this? Without the other humans around me constantly affirming and encouraging restrictive purging behavior, I think my fuck it experience would be so much easier. It's all over fucking social media, in the news, in the supermarket aisles, in doctor surgeries, in the brain of my dear seven-year-old son, who constantly tells me how worried he is about my weight, meaning her weight, and he wants us to be team skinny. Oh, God, Katie, I'm so sorry. How do you block out this noise? How do you stay strong against the pervasive attitude that thin is exactly what we should all be striving for? How am I going to raise my son to know that how I look has no relevance to how I'm feeling my health and my value? She says, "I am obsessively listening to your podcast, constantly scanning internet for messages of body positivity, and trying to fill my brain with all things anti-diet. But I feel like I need to bathe in it before I can. It really starts to sink in for me." Okay, so this is what I want to say. I want to first. I want to say you're doing you're doing everything right. One of the very most important and first things to do is to bathe in it. And it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of oversaturation of this new way of looking at yourself and your worth and the, to kind of deprogram the way you were programmed and the way that the world is constantly trying to reprogram you. You really have to bathe in it. So you're doing the right thing and I know that, you know, it might feel like it's not enough because of how much you're also still surrounded by diet culture and hurtful comments, um, and it's just so amazing and, and heartbreaking to see how young kids, I mean, like, be out of the house are, are soaking it up, but it, that's because it's everywhere. So, what I would say, well, okay, so the second thing I want to say is that I just want to uh, kind of give you permission to be exasperated because that is so... Fucking hard. If the people who you know you want to be able to be around, you want to be able to have a good relationship with, you want them to be able to respect you, and I'm talking about your family, um, and then of course your little seven-year-old son who um, is learning so much from you, but is also learning so much from the world around him, and he cares about you. He he's not trying to be hateful. He truly believes that. Um, that being skinny is going to help you and, and, and help keep you safe. So what I would do if it's possible, and it's not always possible and it makes it very difficult, but it would be to introduce your family to a, a book that I think that the book Body Respect is pretty accessible. And it's very science heavy. And that is usually a really good way to kind of... Uh, communicate with people who genuinely do not believe that it's possible to be you know anything but skinny and healthy and happy so saying something like hi guy <laughs> hello family um i i I am struggling X, Y, Z. This is what I've gone through. This is what I'm trying to do right now. I know you might not understand it, but if you're curious about the science behind it, I would love to share this book with you. If if you're you know interested in, in knowing what I'm trying to do for my mental health, it's very possible that they won't listen. Maybe you already tried to do something like this, um, in which case boundaries and, yeah, and not being around them as much or really trying to lay down the law. I mean, these could all be things that you've already tried to do, but basically asking for respect and in the most, you know, asking for appealing to people's human decency and, and, um, and empathy by explaining the struggle that you've been through and the way that you're currently trying to heal it. And I would love to share more information with you if you're open to it. Here's a book. That is a really good way I have found to begin to bridge the gap with people who may be open to it. For your son, um, I'm wondering whether... <sighs> you know, I'm very embarrassed to say that I have not seen Fatitude the movie. And so... And that's me being bad at, like, industry research. That's me wanting to have, like, a clean message that I haven't co-opted from other people. Um, but it's possible... And so the reason I say... I don't know if I can recommend it because I don't know like I don't know if it's appropriate for children I'm not sure if it's appropriate for seven-year-olds but something like that where you can begin to share with him um, something that is accessible that can again appeal to his sweet little seven-year-old humanity you know he he has learned what he's learned from the culture and how can you offer him new things to learn about weight and health that are simple enough for him to get that will help him understand that you want to be happy and healthy and that it's important to take care of yourself man and this is so hard um if you're kind of struggling with with wanting to constantly believe this too but basically those are the things that i recommend those are the things uh, the places to start and um i would love to hear back from you and see if those are things that you've already tried see if those are things that maybe have worked a little bit anything that you found anything that you've been able to say to your son but um but these are all things that are going to essentially trigger your own old beliefs about diet and health and worth and beauty and I just want to empathize so much with you and validate your experience because if you weren't struggling from all of this, you wouldn't be human. You know, it, it it is so hard to block out the noise. And it's not impossible. And it's not that you won't get there. And it's not that there won't be a bigger shift in the way that you relate to your body and the way that you relate to other people's beliefs about weight. But um, I just want to validate that it, it's really hard. And I'm really sorry that, <laughs> that you're struggling so much. And please respond and let me know um, how how it goes if you can talk to them at all about it and kayla responded to her and said i can relate to bathing in this before it all sinking in i thought i was all in with intuitive eating and i would scoff at friends who are afraid of fries or spend hours at the gym and when i asked them why their answers would never motivate me until i had one month away from my river trip vacation and suddenly the gripping fears of other people viewing my plump tummy or cellulite bum were terrifying I started keto back in May, and have only jumped off that mind fuckery about two weeks ago. The carb restriction is still fucking with me, um, though. The carb restriction is still fucking with me, though. And I find myself trying to avoid carbs still. The recovery from restriction has begun all over again for me. Hashtag heavy sigh. Katie responded, oh, Kayla, I feel for you. This past week, I've thrown myself all in. I basically just slammed down anything I can get my hands on, no calorie counting, and sometimes eating to the point of feeling sick. She says, oops, but guys, that can be really normal, especially in the beginning, and especially if you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, kind of like putting yourself on a yo-yo of the fuck diet and, and semi-dieting again. She said, "I still struggle, and my Facebook feed is full of ads for activewear, supplements, and diet stuff." Ooh, um, report them. Hi, say, "I don't want to see this ad." That will help. Oh, she just said that. Hi, ad is a fantastic feature. Do you know if there's a community for fuck it followers on Facebook? Um, Katie, there is a Fuck Itier Academy, but it's for my paid program. Um, and then I know that some other people on the on the internet. Um, some other people who do very similar things, some similar body image stuff do have free program uh, free groups that you should definitely check out. I used to have a free group and I kind of feel bad that I closed it down, except I closed it down because it was a mess to moderate. It was humongous and it was kind of a trigger triggering place for people because um, it, it wasn't well moderated. It was just like a lot of work. Um, so I kind of moved over to this as a way to have like a little bit more control over the conversation. Um, but there are definitely some are in and in. I know I think she has a free group. Um, there are definitely other people. You can um, go to see who I follow. I know this is kind of a roundabout way, but you can go see who I follow. on. Oh, I think my puppy's waking up. My puppy's waking up. Hi. Um, you can go to see who I follow on Instagram. And then um maybe that's not a good way to do it. Cause I kind of like again, I'm kind of like selfish and I unfollow people. Um because I just wanna f- find like I don't know, whatever. There are lots of people. So there are it esque uh programs on Facebook. I mean free groups on Facebook, but then if you also wanna join my group, it is um you have to join Fucketer Academy. So then Samantha responded, I hate being surrounded by the diet culture talk too. Whenever someone starts to talk about it, I try very hard to walk away. I do the same thing, Samantha. If I'm not able to do that, I start a mantra in my head. Something like, you don't have to listen to this. Don't participate. This is diet culture. I try to feel compassion for um, the person still stuck in diet culture, although it can be hard. It is very, very hard. Uh, Katie said, Samantha, this is perfect advice. I'm beginning to feel stronger now and enjoying the refeeding, eating everything in my path. I still get so overwhelmed by it, but I've uh, been going straight to podcasts when I get a minute to reinforce what I'm doing here. Yay, Katie. That sounds awesome. Yes, um, pity. Pity for the people who think that they're helping you by um, talking about diet or weight or complimenting weight loss or, or being concerned over your your weight um pity for them and compassion is really healing for you too because it reminds you that you're moving in a direction that is way more life-affirming um okay now are you awake dog i'm gonna pause this and and see if she wants to go oh there's a piece of sand under my computer hey molly you want to go outside oh god i'm putting down my nail. molly Let's go outside. Hello, I'm picking up many days later, and now my dog can jump up onto the couch. Up, oh, and her little treat just fell off. Here, you're gonna chew this. This right here. There you go. <sighs> okay, it was just 41 and 41 seconds, so I feel like that's a sign that things are gonna be okay, question mark. Um. I can't believe I just said that, that's how I dictate to Siri when I'm dictating text in my phone, I add question mark, whoa, black mirror, which I've never seen. Okay, let's move on to the next question. This is a question that I actually get asked often. It's from Kayla and she asked, do you think intuitive eating slash the fuck a diet can be applied to alcohol? for someone coming from a background of completely cutting it out. I was mostly struggling with Benzo pills yet when I quit them and joined a 12 step program, I was taught abstinence from all mind altering substances. Mind you, I still use coffee. Um, there are comments, um, there are people who responded, but I'm going to wait to read that even before I read it myself and I'm just going to respond from my perspective. The short answer is yes. I genuinely believe that when we are in touch, go down, go down and get it. Sorry, this is going to become so annoying. I'm going to have to put her in a crate or get a babysitter. Good girl. Oh, she went in her crate all by herself. Okay. I genuinely believe that when we are in our bodies, when we are actually willing to feel, when we are actually willing to address on a physical and emotional level and mental they're all connected the things that we have been avoiding and numbing and distracting ourselves from with whatever we choose to distract ourselves from um whether it's with um things that are actually chemically addictive or addictive because we become addicted to the the ritual and the avoidance um I do believe that in a place where you are connected to your body and your emotions and your um, you know where you're in a place where you really are able to listen and take care of yourself yes I do think that intuitive eating and the fuck a diet and intuitive uh, living can apply to alcohol however please everyone take this both with many grains of salt and you know, apply it to where you are right now. If you are still in a place where you are unwilling and unable to work through your trauma and your willingness to connect to yourself and your ability and willingness to feel what's in your body and feel your emotions and all of that stuff, if you're not willing to do the painful hard work, then maybe it's better for you to, for the time being, in the very least, avoid substances that may potentially, you know, spiral for you in an emotional way if that makes sense. I I would never ever ever want to say, "Oh my gosh, you are completely avoiding alcohol. You like are not living your fullest life." And it's like, "Well, it's it's relative. Alcohol is not the same as food. You do not need alcohol to survive. Um you absolutely need food to survive and thrive and have all your body processes work correctly. I am currently in a place where I pretty much don't drink. I think it's going to be a temporary phase, like I'm really hoping, my liver needs a lot of support, it's genetic and um, I don't know whether it's gotten worse over the past couple years or I've just gotten so much more in tune and it's sort of like come to a head because I definitely used to drink a lot more than I do now and in the first many years of the fuck it diet I was having wine all of the time and I felt super fine with it on an emotional level but it got to a point where I was feeling hungover after like 45 minutes and I was like couldn't sleep when I would drink and like it really just affected my body in a way so um, my exa- my um, situation is, is not like the norm. Um, I'm just seeing what my dog is doing. So that I know that that's not what you're asking about, but I definitely do believe that a person who is willing to really do the hard work of processing and working through the things that you were using substances to avoid in the first place can help you get to a place where you can um, drink alcohol in a very social celebratory way and it can definitely be life enhancing if you don't have the reaction the physical reaction that I have it can be life enhancing um it's all about it's all about doing that emotional work it's all about doing that energy work that I you know energy work is is a way to describe getting into the body and processing stuff and moving energy that's stuck and energy is emotion and they're connected to each other so That is my answer to your question. I still, quote unquote, use coffee, which is funny. I don't, I don't, um, I actually used to be somebody who would drink coffee in the afternoon, feel horrible, and I've gotten to a place where I'm so in tune with my body and how I physically feel that I just have one very, very, very very strong coffee in the morning. I have a quad shot cappuccino in the morning. Oh no, are you eating my couch? Hey, no, no. You chew this. Sorry, guys. Sorry to all of you guys who don't like dogs and are now going, not going to like me because I'm going to be talking to my dog during these podcast episodes. I will try to keep it to a minimum. Um, and hopefully when she's older, she'll be literal furniture. And she won't <laughs> She won't move. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, okay. Uh... I drink very strong coffee in the morning, and then I, I, if I, like, on the rare day that I have a second coffee, I usually stop halfway through because my body um, starts to reject it. Like, it doesn't taste good anymore, and that's how I feel about food, too, and it's also how I feel about caffeine, uh, not caffeine, um, sugar, which is food, Uh, but I was going to say alcohol. Oh, God, she's going to squeak. She's using our squeaky toy. Um, it's how I also feel about alcohol. I can stop mid-drink um, and just know that my body doesn't want anymore. But that took um, a lot of emotional work, a lot of um, listening to my body, and a lot of trial and error. Um, again, I think somebody who doesn't really know if they're willing to feel and not really doesn't really have the support um, I think that abstinence from mind-altering substances is not a, a horrible um, thing to, to do or experiment with. Um, but, but I do believe that it's possible to live intuitively with alcohol. Let me read what Lisa said. Lisa is in Faceteer Academy um, and she definitely asked this question many months ago. She said, Hey Kayla, I asked a related question back in January, February, though I truly believe everyone's experiences and bodies are different. Good disclaimer. Here's my experience with the FACA diet and alcohol. First off, let me say that I super champion you for joining the 12 step program and taking care of yourself and ridding your life of benzo pills. So now actually to the booze. I loved drinking, always have, and expect that I always will. And historically I have drank a lot, say one plus bottles of wine per night. When I first started the fuck a diet, my drinking increased, which quite frankly startled me because I was already concerned about it. But I allowed, 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 and I trusted myself in the process. Six months later or so, I drink so much less than I used to. Seriously, my body cut off my alcohol intake. Okay, you wanna go outside? My body cut off my alcohol intake down to probably a half or more, say from 30 bottles of wine per month to 12, in allowing and trusting and being an active observer in the process, including writing morning pages, which is the brain dump that I suggest in all of my programs, and the morning pages um, are adapted from Julia Cameron, named the morning pages from The Artist's Way, and I adapted them into the brain dump for The Fuck Diet. She says, I was able to clearly see that I used alcohol as a crutch, a blinder, and a distractor. All of the things I didn't want to do, this enabled me to get very real with myself about drinking and how I was handling my life. I was able to ask myself if I really wanted to drink, a drink, or a bottle, or if I needed to have 20 minutes of writing session, or a pleasant walk outside, or a nap. It was usually a walk followed by a nap. Then later in the evening, I still have a drink. And I tasted it, enjoyed it, giggled with it, and more fully lived my life. I would like to note that my drinking, as with food, ebbs and flows, Something, um, some, sometimes none and sometimes a lot. I just trust myself, pay attention to myself and where I'm at and how I feel. And every day I feel better because of this. And I no longer fight any guilt about drinking, which is a great feeling. I hope this helps and take care. Ugh! lisa i love that so much um so yes the, uh, i gave lisa the same advice that i gave you for the most part and she really took it to heart and it just goes to show how much trusting your body and your instincts but also being willing to figure out what's really going on like what are we using dieting to numb and distract ourselves from anyway what are we using alcohol to numb and distract ourselves from Doing that work and really being willing to figure it out, that is the game changer. That will allow you to genuinely get to a place where you can be intuitive and guilt-free about it. This sounds like some sort of like infomercial. Okay, and Kayla said, Thank you for sharing. I'm kind of afraid of even trying to drink now because it has almost been two whole years. In the program of AA, it is taught that some people have an allergy to alcohol, and if one is a true alcoholic, one will never be able to drink it successfully, and that alcoholism is a disease that only worsens over time. Um, I don't believe that. And I think I have an allergy to alcohol, like I'm really, really sensitive to it physically, and I don't have the, um, I'm like, that. my experience is not that of like, um, allergy equals addiction to it. There are many examples in the big book where some people join AA and then decide they are not alcoholic and go back out, aka drink again, and they are dead within a few months um, and life becomes unmanageable. Not that I don't think that... uh, I'm now talking Caroline. Um, Yeah, I, you know, I really, again, I want... This is a big disclaimer because if you identify... With the AA model and it's changed your life and you want to keep going with it, and I'm saying this to anybody who's listening, please do. Like, do what you are drawn to do. Do what feels resonant for you. I currently don't really drink not in an AA model, and I'm following my own instincts and, like, my physical reaction to alcohol. Um, But I do, for the most part, disagree with... um, with the way they approach it, though I do think that, you know, surrendering to a higher power, all of that stuff can be really helpful and positive. And I think that, you know, not drinking can force you to deal with the things that you're running away from, but it doesn't inherently do that because you can easily turn to something else to numb you if you're not doing those mind-altering substances. I think that Overeaters Anonymous, which is the AA model for overeating, does not work, and it's the opposite of the fuck a diet, and fuck that. It's... I like staunchly disagree with it. Um, and I think it's a diet and it will lead to binging and it will lead to, Ooh, don't choke. Don't die. Okay. Um, Jeannie responded. Oh, you finished that. Now you need, um, sorry guys. I'm going to put her in the crate next time I do, um, a podcast, but right now she's sitting right next to me on this couch and she's not eating the couch. She's eating her little meat stick. And so I'm happy. Jeannie said hi Kayla congrats on being sober from pills and alcohol for almost two years oh yeah by the way Kayla congrats that's really awesome like I'm sure that it's opened up clarity and an ability to see more and experience Um, I mean it must be worth it at least for the time being since you have been doing it for so long so I think that's great and I want to congratulate you because it's hard to do uh, Jeannie says, that is no easy feat. I will be sober nine years this week, also due to a 12-step program, so my answer may be biased. I think one really critical difference between using the fuck it diet for food versus alcohol is that we require food to live. Yes, I agree. We, uh, we have to eat, and we begin life without judgment over how and what we ate, and we were probably truly intuitive eaters until we were taught that we were too fat or ate too much, etc. Alcohol is different in that we don't need it to survive. Addiction to it is real. For some of us, we cannot always control our intake. Taking one drink just makes us want more. That's been my experience. For me, pills were really a supplement to my drinking. I would encourage you to be really honest with yourself about how you drank and how it affected you before you make the decision to try it again. There is more at stake if it turns out that you can't control your drinking. With food, if I decide to diet again um, then have a big old binge, I may feel physically and emotionally shitty afterwards, but I probably won't end up in the hospital from sugar poisoning or get pulled over for driving under the influence of cupcakes. (laughs) But alcohol is a whole other level. If you really and truly feel like alcohol was not a problem for you, that you were always able to stop when you intended to, then maybe it'll be okay. But I also think it's a risky, it's risky in a way that using food, um, sorry, using the fuck diet for food is not. And that's a really good perspective to hear too, because it is different for different people and and i think that people are in different places with their willingness to figure out what those figure out and process and and really sit with what those emotional triggers are um and you don't have to agree with me there if you believe that alcohol is like chemically addictive on another level to some people like I, I would never say, oh, that's just not true at all, because people really, really are different. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Okay. Kayla. Response says, thank you for your comment, Jeannie. I understand what you're saying totally. What I've been asking myself is, when I was drinking and controlling, Molly, if you're going to go over here on these pillows, I'm going to put you off the couch, okay? And you're going to be fine. You're going to be amazing. Okay, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Damn it. Okay. She said, uh, uh, what I've been asked myself is when I was drinking and controlling it, was I enjoying it? Not really. This is Kayla again. When I was drinking as much as when I pleased, was I enjoying it? Wait, 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 wait. When I was drinking and controlling it, was I enjoying it? Ugh, Molly, you can't go on the couch because you don't understand. No biting. No biting. No biting. No biting. No biting. You want this? This is going to be so boring to you guys. It's already boring to me, just the idea of the repetition. Okay. Good girl. Good girl in your crate. Good girl. Good girl. You deserve everything. You deserve everything except what you want. Good girl. Go to sleep. We have a trainer coming in fifty nine minutes, and I can't wait. <sighs> a baby's first day of private tutoring. Okay. Um. I okay. Let me. What I've been asking myself is, when I was drinking and controlling it, was I enjoying it? Not really. When I was drinking as much as much and when I pleased, was I enjoying it? Yes. Was it healthy? No. Maybe the difference is the allergy that alcoholics are said to have to alcohol. I do still miss the taste and the romance of wine sometimes. I do too, man, I do too. I had a glimpse of hope that maybe I could apply intuitive eating to my wine drinking. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. I'm not sure that I'm willing to test that out yet. The program of AA has given me me a new life back. I would hate to lose it all over a test on wine drinking. Um, I think that we have basically covered all the possibilities here. And so I really, I don't want to lock you in your crate. I want you to be able to, it doesn't really stay open by itself. Just stay open. I don't want you to feel trapped. Okay. Um, Dottie says, well, thanks for this Kayla and Jeannie. I have 10 years clean and sober this year. I had eight years once and then relapse for 12 before getting back and i still fantasize about controlling alcohol i'm confident that i don't want drugs pills that is out but only when i'm sober do i remember the damage they can do we think we want to just drink but after a few drinks a pill sounds good too it's a slippery slope and it doesn't happen overnight I drank six years with and without control before I finally relapsed into drugs, because they were there and because I was there and I was drinking and I just kept moving back the line of restriction. She's um, digging under my couch to claim it as her own. Into the hardwood floor. Okay, I'm sorry. This is like such a <laughs> a heavy subject that you know really deserves a lot of um, reverence and care. And I keep talking to my dog. And I'm very sorry about that. Um, let me go back to what Dottie's saying. Um, I drank six years with and without control before I finally relapsed into drugs because they were there. And I was there and I was drinking. I just kept moving back the line of restriction. This is what I love about fuck it. Food is not the same as alcohol or drugs. I've tried overeating, Overeaters Anonymous... Because I know the 12 steps work, and it was just one more failure in trying to control my food intake mentally instead of trusting my body to ask for what it wants. I have only been fucking it (laughs) for about two months, and it has been up and down for sure, but the freedom from obsession is real. I no longer obsess about food because I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And I'm now in a phase where I stop to ask myself, why that? Why now? Am I hungry? Am I stressed? What's going on here? And the answers to those questions vary widely, but the answer never ever dictates whether or not I can or will eat it. I can and mostly will. I wish you luck on your fuck it journey. I'm really, really thankful for all of these varied answers because it goes to show that there is more than one way to approach this. Lisa's experience is very real. She genuinely experienced a better relationship with alcohol without restricting it from truly listening to her body her mind and her emotions and really getting in her body and feeling and then other people are still in a place and they may be for the rest of their lives very rightly so um, where they're like I don't want to play with that I don't want to I don't want to see what that is going to look like I don't want to risk it and that is so legitimate and I do think that that you know that there is a way to do it if it's worth it to you if you're truly truly getting the support you need to work through the emotional side of why we turn to any sort of um, way to distract and numb however you don't have to ever do mind altering substances especially if you are enjoying your life without them so there are two ways to approach this and I you know I don't take it lightly, but I do, um, I hope that it's helpful and I hope that, um, you can listen to what is right for you for, for now and then see what happens in the future. Okay. Samantha says, hello all. I'm new to Patreon. I left the doctor's office today in tears and decided to turn to you guys for support. I've been eating intuitively and participating in the fuck a diet for about four months now. I can honestly say I've never felt more free and at ease around food in my entire life. I'm so glad I found the Health at Every Size community. I've been suffering from a chronic bladder condition for about six years. Frequently, frequently I'm in pain and I just deal with it. I've tried lots of different approaches and supplements. Currently, I'm having a particularly bad flare up. At first, a new gynecologist in my practice had some really helpful new supplements she, she suggested taking. Then she started spewing off diets and food restrictions to try. I nearly lost it. I felt so overwhelmed and intimidated by the fact that food was the ultimate answer. Don't worry, food is not the ultimate answer. Any suggestions of how to handle this chronic pain and also be an intuitive eater? Previously, a few years ago, I did a very restrictive diet to help with the pain and it was all-consuming. I do tend to stay away from certain things now that um, now that irritate the pain and make it worse but if i really want one of those sorry sorry uh foods i give myself permission to have it caroline i know you've spoken a bit about certain restrictions you have due to high mercury levels and your health i'm just hesitant because i am so new to the fuck it diet i don't feel i'm ready to restrict in a way for fear of falling back into my old ways and trains of thought any suggestions um, I really empathize with this. I don't actually have any food restrictions because of mercury because it has nothing to do with each other, um, though I can't really handle alcohol, and that's liver mercury um, stuff. But uh, let me read what Dottie said, and then I'm going to give you my take on it. But the short answer from me is that You absolutely do not need to do any sort of restrictive diet. If what you're experiencing is due to any sort of environmental situation, like like for me, my my weak spot, one of my weak spots is my liver. Um, If yours is your bladder, if there's inflammation there. um, Diet is not, in my experience, if you want to look at it as like the bucket theory that we can handle a certain amount of, stressors and um you know stuff for us who have you know weaker immune systems or weaker systems that get irritated easily um stress and the way we're taking care of ourselves and sleep and actually nourishing the body either with supplements that are helping with inflammation or whatever Um, those are the things that are going to help you the most. Sticking to a specific diet is just going to up your stress and make you less in tune with your body. So the fact that you're able to say um that you tend to stay away from certain things that irritate the pain and make it worse but if you really want those foods you give yourself permission to have it that's really all you need to do because you're able to take it by case by case you're able to then actually see how you feel after eating certain foods and be less precious about doing it perfectly because there's no such thing as perfect anyway um again i go back to my friend who's like who's celiac and um Syl says that certain gluten, uh, certain bread irritates her and certain wheat gluten bread doesn't. And it, it really came down to her just like understanding that different days, different states of mind, all of these things can vary the way you respond to things. Okay. Dottie says, hi, I don't have any words of wisdom for you. I just feel bad for you. Oh, she's talking about Celia. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I need to actually stick to what's on the page and not go off like I usually do I've wondered what it would be like to face a real food allergy like celiac for example how do you allow yourself to eat freely when some foods really make you sick I don't envy your challenge but I do wish you well and send x's and o's kisses and hugs um thank you Dottie that's really really nice I know that you're not sending it to me you're sending it to her but that's really thank you for sending it to her um the way that I've always talked about having a restriction with food is that, um, so I don't know what the foods are. I don't know exactly, you know, if it's a situation of inflammation or, or what's happening, but, um, but if you are really in a place where certain foods make you feel pain, then for the most part, listening to it without needing to be perfect about it is a way of taking care of your body and listening and taking away the, um, you know, at least healing that part of you that is afraid of calories and fats and carbs and, um, and amounts and gaining weight and understanding and and at least healing that, and then kind of tackling the orthorexic part where people with health problems, we very justifiably begin to get scared of not eating the perfect diet because we don't want to feel bad. But understanding that there's so much more that goes into health and um, purity doesn't exist. It really is all about supporting the body and allowing each day to be different and understanding how stress is involved here and just allowing it to be a little bit more casual while still, you know, wanting to listen and wanting the best for yourself. It is possible to do both. And is it more challenging? Yes. But in a way you have a body that's speaking to you louder than somebody else's. So it's this weird gift at the same time. Um, I hope that that's helpful. I would love to hear what you think. And, and how you've been because you posted this maybe two weeks ago. Um, so, yes, I hope to hear from you, and I hope that that was helpful. Okay, moving on to the next one after I take a sip of water. Okay, Rebecca says, hello, all. Caroline, I was a member of your six-month life recovery group a few years ago. It was a life-changing experience, but I did not keep working at it, and I found myself back on a restrict binge cycle from time to time. This is a program that I ran three, four years ago. I'm a teacher and I found time to start some needed self-care this summer. One habit I've been working on is a short daily guided meditation. The other day, the guide on my meditation app or the voice, as I call him, told me that if my mind wandered away from my body on a train of thought, I should just notice that breathe and simply begin again, focusing on my breath. And just like that, I remembered the fuck it diet and my training and work with you. And I thought I can simply begin that again. Yes. So I refocused on my breath. I finished the meditation session, promptly canceled my online diet website membership and reconnected with the fuck it diet and found my old emails from life recovery and started reading through them. I don't have a question for now. I just wanted to share my experience and let people know that even when you stray I'm going to cry. You don't know, when you stray from the path you know is better for your body, you can simply begin again anytime. As many times as it takes, I already feel calmer and I have more mental space for creativity and relaxation, which is what summer is all about for me. <sighs> I hope I got it this time and won't fall back into old habits, but if I do, I know I can begin again. Thanks for keeping up your work, Becky oh that was so beautiful I'm so happy to hear that you've come back to this place again and you're willing to start again and you're not going to beat yourself up for it you're just going to understand that that is what humans do we go back to our old coping mechanisms unless we're very diligent um, and it's allowed to be an up and down roller coaster it's just allowed to be that way Samantha says, I'm a teacher too. I find summertime can be tricky because there's a lot of time to fill and your mind goes a little nuts. I've started doing some yoga and wanted to try meditation. Which meditation app did you use? There are so many. Rebecca says, I'm using the free parts of 10% Happier. So far, I like these short guided sessions. Cool. Awesome. I'm very happy to hear that. Um, And I hope to um, get updates from you. Samantha Lewis, Alter Ego. Caroline, I have been eating intuitively for a few months and I absolutely love the It diet. I sometimes feel like Clark Kent and like I'm living a double life. When I converse with my family and friends while they talk about dieting, healthy eating, and weight, it takes everything in my power not to participate. I can't share how I really feel because it will open up a can of worms. They don't really know about my previous eating disorder or my participation in the It diet. My question for you is this, how do you stay true to yourself and your values while still participating in your everyday life with the people you love? This is such a good question. And again, I really genuinely think that dealing with people who don't understand is the hardest part about the fuck a diet because it's easier to, to deal with just strangers who are assholes you know, strangers who you're like, oh, people, you know, people are so judgmental about weight, but you don't know them. But the people in your life who you love or need or have grown up with or want, you desperately want to understand what you're going through, but for whatever reason, it doesn't feel safe or, um, it doesn't feel like an easy conversation to start. That is the hardest part. Navigating that is the hardest part. And then, your own kind of like secrecy around all this thing is really, really it's difficult. Um, but there is a way forward and I will say that it does get easier. The longer you do this, the more um, confidence you will have in the process in owning that this is the right path for you in trusting that this even works in the first place. So if you're in the first Couple months, or if you're in the beginning and you're sort of still trying to figure it out and you feel like you haven't really figured it out yet or that things haven't really gotten better for you yet, um, it's easy to be like, well, I don't want to, like people are going to give me such a hard time and I don't have the resolve and the confidence in it to even be able to defend it yet or to defend myself because it's so new and um, I'm still really just trying to figure it out. So in the beginning for me, I, it was very much a secret. Um, I I think I told like best friends and I tried to explain to my mom who didn't get it. She was like, Caroline, you were not skinny enough to have an eating disorder. And I was like, you don't understand. Um, But I basically was just very, um, I mean, that was really hard. And of course she wants to support me, but she just did genuinely didn't understand. Like she just didn't have the, um, experience she hadn't, you know, she didn't have the personal experience herself, um, to understand how damaging the things that she said could be the way that she was denying my experience. Um, she just didn't. No, like most people don't know most people don't understand the spectrum of eating disorders they don't understand that they are on it they don't understand that um you know if their quality of life is like fine that Mm. them participating in diet culture can like seriously damage other people who are like further along the spectrum or whatever like people just don't get it so I understand that it is so 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 hard but I eventually said um, well, I need to do this for myself. And if you want to read this book that changed my life, um, that I like, I need to do this for my soul and my body and my mental state. Like I'm not happy and I'm not, um, yeah, I basically was like, I, I can't go on living this way. And I know that you don't understand, but I would love to try to explain it to you. Um, I gave her health at every size, the book. And um, basically, weirdly, I I didn't expect people to understand. And I think that that was really helpful. I didn't expect people to understand. And I think that having really low expectations with people has really helped my sanity. Um, I had a really strange trust in what I was doing so much so that it allowed me to start writing about it and then very quickly become a quote-unquote authority in this space. Um, it, it was a strange... It was, it, you know, and I don't expect everyone to have that same experience and you don't need to have that same experience in order to be successful on the Fakat diet. But I did keep my identity a secret. I My name was Caroline Hagen <laughs> for Hagendas For years and years and years... There are still, like, interviews with me where my name is Caroline Hagen. Uh, People have, like, Googled me before and then asked me if I was divorced because I have two different names. It was just a pen name, but it was a way for me to be able to kind of protect um, myself from extended, you know, acquaintances and friends and extended family and just sort of have this process be a little bit shielded because I wasn't fully confident in the, in the beginning and talking about weight and talking about body image. It is a vulnerable thing. It is something that, um, that I wanted to be able to do without everybody knowing. And right now I'm in a place where I just say to people like, yeah, I, um, I write about, um, I have a website called the fuck a diet. I'm writing a book. I, I teach people how to get away from dieting for people who, um, feel obsessed with dieting and I don't expect people to understand and that has been really helpful to just some people are like oh interesting oh funny name huh I'm on the fucking diet and then some people say oh interesting I've had eating issues I'll check that out and some people don't say anything because they're in a place where they don't you know feel like sharing what their experience is or they don't agree or whatever and I just don't expect people to get it so that might be helpful for you don't expect people to understand what you're doing however you can um very very you know gingerly um introduce people to the fact that you have really struggled with your quality of life because of an eating disorder or disordered eating and that you're trying something new, and you don't expect them to understand, but they need to respect what you're doing, and if they want to know more, they can read blank book. Health at Every Size, Body Respect, and in February 2019, specifically February 26th, if everything stays on schedule, the Fuck A Diet book. The working subtitle right now is Stop Dieting and Start Taking Up Space, which I think I'm okay with. I mean, it's one of the ones that I wrote out like many possibilities. Anyway, um, you know what I should do? I should write, I should list all of the possible subtitles and see what you guys like the most. Like, what do you think would interest you the most? And what do you think would catch the eye of the masses the most? Because obviously this is geared towards chronic dieters, which is many, many, many people. But... Um, Yeah, like we want people who don't diet to read it too to understand what is going on with dieting and why their weight talk and their weight bias is um, detrimental to both themselves and other people. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that now. And that's how we'll end this episode. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, how do I find this? What's her name? Hannah, my new editor. Ah, And I might be getting my edits back tomorrow, so I'm very stressed. Because last time, it really went poorly, so much so that I had to get another editor. (laughs) Because she didn't get the book. Okay. So here are the possible subtitles. The first one was, Eating Should Be Easy. Um, That's what's on the site uh another working one was the only diet that works but that's confusing because it makes people think that it is a diet and what does quote unquote works mean it's supposed to be sort of like cheeky cheeky it's supposed to be um you know sort of jokey like but then people are gonna think like oh what do you mean works like lose weight so it's it's a uh, it's controversial i would say um Why diets don't work and what to do about it. Stop dieting and start taking up space. That is what's on the cover right now. The mocked up cover. Uh, Dieting doesn't work. (laughs) Just plain and simple. How to thrive without dieting. That's too precious. I don't like that one. Um, the Practical and Feminist Reasons to Never Die It Again but n- that was for my past editor who wanted the book to be more feminist but it doesn't really need to be because it's inherently feminist and I'm kind of fighting that because I should think she's just trying to make everything uh, I think she's treating the reader okay, I this is an editor that I don't have anymore but I thought that she was treating the reader like an idiot and that's was like way down on the list of what wasn't working about our collaboration but anyway um the very, uh another one the very good reasons why you should never diet again and what to do instead that's a way too long of a subtitle anyway let me know what you think either why diets don't work and what to do about it stop dieting and start taking up space that's what the art direction people chose for the cover eating should be easy dieting doesn't work how to thrive without dieting i don't like that one okay so so i'm not going to do any of the other ones because the last one is the practical and feminist reasons to never diet again or they very good reasons why you should never diet again and what to do instead (sighs) okay so the last things i want to say are i'm going to be podcasting every month um if you want to ask questions for the fuck a diet you can sign up over at patreon.com slash caroline duner And for as little as $1 a month, for now, get in on it while it's cheap. You can ask questions um, for this podcast that I will answer just like what you just heard. And for $5, you will get um, a secret post with a writing prompt. And for $10 a month, you will get uh, energy work, guided meditations to bring you into your body to help you to process emotions and quote-unquote energy that we are resistant to processing and feeling. And if you want to join Fucketeer Academy, it is self-study, and you can join it at, at any time and join the Facebook group, and you will get to participate when I run it live, which I thought I was going to be doing at the end of June, but then my book blew up in my face, and I needed to get a new editor within the same um, imprint thankfully everything stayed the same I was very afraid that it wasn't going to and I was gonna have to literally drop out of my deal but I didn't have to Um, and so my life was up in the air and I didn't know what the timeline was gonna be for the edits and all I could do was focus on making my case why this wasn't working out and so I had to push it back and I'm not sure when it's gonna be but I'm gonna be getting my editorial schedule Soon, I believe, and I'll know when I have free time to, to run it live, to run Fuck it to your Academy live. Meaning there'll be live calls, there'll be laser coaching with people, there'll be Q and A's. We'll be kind of, we'll be going through all of the lessons live, and you guys are going to be able to, you guys are essentially going to be prompted to, um, to discuss the different areas of the Fuck it diet and your experiences and ask any questions. Um, and anyone who has bought fucketeer academy and anyone who buys fucketeer academy now in the future it is a self-study program but anybody who buys it is going to automatically be included in the live session whenever that runs it's going to be three week session it's not going to take too much time but it's going to be a really great way to be prompted to really do the fuck diet and um and you know, address every area of the Faka diet, uh, and and I'm gonna have to like you know make sure that it's the right timing with um, when are pre-orders for this book like when am I gonna have to be kind of promoting pre-orders and and when am I gonna be able to promote a live version of Fucka Deer Academy? It's all this business stuff that I have to start thinking about. It's just there's only so many things that I'm willing to promote at once essentially because it gets like it becomes like white noise and it's annoying and it's annoying to me and it's annoying to you. And anyway, so those are the ways to get involved more in the fuck it diet. And other than that, find me over on Instagram at the fuck it diet. Uh, I post stories of my dog all of the time, which I'm sure also bothers people. But thankfully, you don't need to watch stories. You can just participate and look at my fuck it diet weird posts. Okay guys, thank you so much. This has been a long one. Um, I guess they will be longer now because it's just once a month and I think I like it that way. So I will talk to you next time. Bye.